Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to Todd Duncan TV. I am really grateful that each week you join me for these episodes. Man, if you like these, please share. Please forward to your tribe. Please forward to your employees. Please forward to your clients. Uh, You know, if if, uh, I can make an impact through you and with you and because of you, then man, it's an honor. Welcome to episode 65. All right. I read a book about 20 years ago. The book was entitled Father, Son, and Company. And the book is the story of IBM. And it was an amazing book of just journey and discovery and leadership lessons from the very top. It was amazing to watch uh, a brand that had such rich history uh, grow and, and, and we look at that company today still massively, massively successful in the global world of technology. And this whole father, son and company thing began to impact me about six weeks ago in kind of a different way. It wasn't that I reread the book. It wasn't that I remembered the title. It was that I was having a conversation with my friend, Tom Ramirez. And Tom Ramirez and I have known each other for 26 years. And when I began the Duncan Group in 1992, I had a product called the Mortgage Professionals Network. And in the Mortgage Professionals Network, I interviewed people each month on what they were doing to be successful. And so to date, I've interviewed over 1,500 top producers. And part of why I did that was to showcase success for others. Part of why I did that was so that I could continue to learn and be relevant. Part of why I did that is to make a difference, quite honestly. And so as we approached Sales Mastery, which we are at this recording about three weeks past, one of the highlights was that Tom Ramirez was able to be on stage with his son, Thomas Ramirez, and we had this father, son, and company experience together. And so I thought what I would do is give you a gift of this interview with Tom and his son Thomas, but I need to warn you in advance, if you're not at a place where you can just sit down and focus for about 45 minutes, this would be the time to do it. This is a really, really rich interview. Not only are we talking with Tom about how he has been a massively successful business person uh, involved in $2 billion plus in residential real estate loans, but also the lessons he's learned along the way. And then about 40 minutes in, we end up switching gears to bringing his son on stage with Tom, and we have another dialogue with his son, Thomas. So I just want to encourage you to push pause right now if you're not a spot where you have the time to do this. I also would like for you to pick a place where you can be uninterrupted And I want you to enjoy Father, Son, and Company, which is the name of this TV episode. You know, it's not often you get to to sit with a guy that, uh, I don't even know, like rock star, like best in class, like the epitome of greatness. I don't, well, you want to say that. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about you. No, we're talking about you. Uh, I wrote this down. I can't believe it's been 26 years since I first interviewed you. That's just nuts. That's crazy. Yes. That is nuts. So we are talking about game changers, and I asked you to think back. When you, when you look at over $2 billion in funded volume, what would you say, looking back on your career, is the biggest game changer that you ever experienced? Okay, well, before we get to that, I just want to share something. Can you bring when, Tom up a little? When, when, oh, sorry. Yeah. When, when, we, um, when we first did that interview, Todd, my son, Thomas, was in the crib next to us, you know, 26 years ago, like 25 years, 26 years ago. So um, 
he's in he's with this he's in the industry so uh, he uh he probably picked up a few tidbits that day or something i don't know what it was but you know he he's in the industry so it's great well, to we have talked him, so that we you. talked about scripting so maybe from the crib he heard a little bit of what he needed to say right i think at some so. point <laughs> i think so so um i well when when i first got in the when i first met todd we were um he was brought to us to and i was working for a bank so he he, he saw production, what we were doing, and, and uh, he said, hey, Tom, he goes, uh, let me ask you something. He goes, how many people do you have on your team? And I looked at Todd, and I said, what team? What do you mean team? You know? And, and uh, he goes, yeah, like, you know, an assistant, someone to help you. And I said, I, I don't have anybody. And he goes, you need to get somebody, Tom. You need to get somebody. And talk about destructive. I mean, uh, disruption, disruption yeah. you know, strategies. That's what, like, that was my first, like, wow. If I did get somebody and you told me what, you know, what to do and you laid out the, the foundation of what to do, I said, uh, yeah, that could help me a lot. So I went to our company and they said, well, this is 1992, right around there, yeah. 94. Assistance didn't exist. They just didn't exist for LOs back then. Well, at least in my world. Yeah. And yeah, and they said, okay, we'll get you an assistant if you can bring in 100 loans a month. So it was like, okay, <laughs> for three months. So I said, okay. So, you know, at the time I was single, I just, okay, I'm going to go do it. So 102 the first month, 103 the second month, 101 the, th the third month. And so they were forced to give me an assistant. And, and I'm proud to say with that assistant, my, my, the first year my production doubled. And then the third year, it, like, it didn't triple, but it, it, like, it went to like 2.5 of the, the amount that we had, were doing before. And, uh, and the best part of it, that assistant's still with me. You know, she's still yeah. with me. Yeah. yeah, great. That's awesome. Yeah, she's still with me. So, so part of what I want you guys to be thinking as you kind of go through this is, the, the idea about um, how hard do you have your throttle down to try and do business versus how much synergy do you have in doing business. And when you don't have a lot of synergy, you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You're doing a lot of the work. And I think a lot of you can identify right now without raising your hands or going public with it that you're doing a lot of the work. And one thing we know for sure is, as Teresa said, one of our high trust coaches opening night on that video, she said, one is too small of a number for greatness. And one of the things that Tom, you have done is you have become great because you have believed in building team and you have been, believed in building the right team. And most people can't comprehend a hundred loans a month. But yet, once you get there and once you have a team that, that does that, it's like, this is what we do. Yes. It's yes. like we manufacture 100 loans a month, helping 100 families a month achieve their dream of home ownership. And all it is is numbers. But it's a team that helps do that. And the numbers just grow exponentially with yeah. the help that you get. Right. You know, that's what really helped me. It was, um, it was delegating, something I wasn't used to or ever did before. And that's what's helped me build the team. The teams that we have is, is being able to, to understand that this is what I'm great at. And then, and you taught us that, you know, Todd is that, and then you delegate the rest. But, but it's just not that, it's just being in contact with those people all the time. Knowing, you know, that you're there for them, you're adding value to them, to your team constantly. You know, it, it's, it's a funny thing when you know, in my office, I don't even have an office because we've grown so much. I had to give up my office for a producer, you know, so I haven't had an office for about a year and a half, you know, which I don't mind. I don't need an office, but it's funny when a recruiter, when an LO comes up to me, and says, hey, Tom, this company called me and they want me to go join them because they can offer me an office, you know, and it's like, <laughs> but I'm not going because of what you give us, yeah. you know, yeah. the value that you that you give. So. Um, it's not only building that team, but also adding that value for that team that you have. Okay, before we get into the team piece, because it's an essential element that everybody needs to understand, can you just briefly tell us kind of the, uh, the wake-up call when sure. that whole thing got really clear to you that you needed to do something like this? Yeah, so in, uh, in 94, 
I, uh, we, were, we, were, we were doing really well. We were producing well, and um, we were in the office. And um, I've always been that kind of loan officer that likes to take face-to-face. -face. I've always been that kind of person. And I've always said that to my LOs is that's, I know that technology is important and that's wonderful, but taking that extra step goes so much further. But I'm sitting there and um, all of a sudden I, I'm not feeling well and uh, my face droops, it drops a little bit. And, and I had, I was having an aneurysm, you know, an aneurysm in the brain. And um, so I, I went home and uh, the neighbors were like, what are you doing home so early? You know, you, you know, we never see you home. It was like three in the afternoon. And I said, well, I don't feel good. I think I'm just going to take a nap. And then, we, and, then, uh, and then we decided to go to the, to the hospital just to check. So the, um, the aneurysm had occurred. So at that moment, you know, we went to the hospital and they said, we have to operate and we don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going like, oh, geez, what am I going to do with all this production I got? You know, <laughs> what's going to happen? No, my family first, but, but it was something like that. And it was, so, so that was such a wake up call sitting there. I was in the ICU. I had two phones and one cell phone, kind of like the one you had earlier, Todd, the big one and stuff back then. And I'm, all I'm thinking is like every minute was like a dollar or something like that. It's like, oh my gosh, so expensive. But so, so I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling and I'm going like, that's where I knew I needed more help. Yeah. I said, I need more help. I'm going to get through this, but I need more help. And, you know, it was so wonderful. I did. It was a blessing. Everything came out great. Um, you know, it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful thing to show that after that, I was always kind of afraid to fly. I got my pilot's license. I learned how to fly that. You know, I, so I guess from that, I learned that I'm going to need more help. I got to delegate more. And then don't be afraid to take chances because you only get one life. One life. So yeah. take care. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so with that kind of wake-up call, you've had a team as small as one. Correct. And you built that team to 55 people Correct. to support your production. And then you have had, at least on one occasion, have to take that team back down, right? And you're not and haven't been insulated like most of us from some of the, the market stuff. But Grace and, and uh, Maria ha have been with you for, forever, and then you built it back up. What's the biggest two or three pieces of advice on building and empowering teams okay. that you can share? Well, first, as any LO out there, you know, you have to do it first, right? We have to go out there first and understand what the customer wants, what they need, and all that. And again, technology is great, and I can't, we can't live without it. But for me, boots on the ground, for me, is, is so important. So even as a manager, a producing manager, I make it a point every day to go out and, and be out there and, and, and meet my realtors and brokers and, and promote our LOs and all that stuff. So um, I'm, I'm more like, I, I would say, as far as empower, what was the question again, Todd? I'm sorry. Empower, emp uh, build, uh, advices on empowering and building teams. So, so as you as you start to go out there and you realize what you're doing and and how what it takes to be successful you start sharing that with the people on your team and what you have to do but again never forgetting that you have to um share keep them involved in what's going on and and you being involved i think a lot of what happens is a lot of managers at the end of the day step away from what what they should be really doing and that's adding value to the, to their los um that's what happened to me, you know, I, and we went from a team of 50 to a team of three, you know, and uh, that was, it was painful because all these people that worked with me were like family, you know, and a lot of them were family. So to lose that, I felt like let a lot of people down. So I had my own demons there having to deal with that, but knowing that if I went back to the basics, that's when I went back and I went, looked through all the mastery notes and our coaching notes and all that. And, uh, and it helped me get back on track on what I had to do. So I would, I would say to empower, you know, in, help your LO be empowered as far as being out there, but you need to be there. And, and I, it was mentioned on this week about being, you lead but side by side. Right. Next to, next to them. I, I'm not ever gonna say I'm better than any LO. I'm not any better than any grants manager. I'm not, but I'll work harder than you. 
I'll do what it takes to make sure that I get that business, you know? And so, that's what I want to instill into the TLOs. So what are, what, what's one, uh, one or two brutal mistakes you've made in building a team that everybody can learn from instead of having to go through it? So, uh, the biggest brutal mistake I did was losing focus of what made me get to where I was. So um, there was that, that time where in 08, 07, um, we were talking with a, another high-producing manager in our company, and I asked them, you know, when was the last time you took a 1003, took a loan application? He goes, Tom, I can't even remember. And I go like, oh, my gosh, you know what? I, I, I can't even either. I said, you know, this market's changing. I said, we got to be back out there. We have to get back out there. And a lot of us didn't make it through that. A lot of us didn't make it. And I went from a bank to mortgage lending. So, I mean, I think I did in, in my career of 20 years with banks, I think we did six FHAs. You know, six FHAs, you know, so and now that's the majority of what we did. You know, we do still. But that's like that was like really um, a game changer for me. So uh, I, I would I would say don't lose focus and stay stay on track and don't be afraid to ask people like how how they're going to do it and how they did it, because it's so great to be part of Sales Mastery, I'll tell you, Todd, because the friends and the relationships I've made over the years, over these 26 years, have been, they're, they're so valuable. I mean, I, when, when I see everybody, it's like, we all, we, we would always take our, our gloves off. There was never like that competition or anything. We would we'd always share, we'd want to share. And that's where I learned how to be abundant instead of care, scarcity, you know, that, that our team, that's what they live off of, you know? Um, we, we're, not, we're not scared to share. We want to share. That's why I'm so excited today because I get to share again. Yeah. You know, I am. Yeah. yeah. No, so awesome. thank you. That's awesome. So um, as I said to you this morning, this is going to be a little bit organic. And, uh, you know, when you have somebody here that's, uh, that's got such a rich history, um, I do want to uh, provide an opportunity to, to maybe just kind of randomly have some questions, some Q&A with Tom as we kind of go through this. But I think one of the things that I loved about you in 1992, and I love it about you in 2018, is there's kind of a simple spirit about how you succeed. And one of the things that we were talking about, and, and I think one of the things that, that, that you are fairly passionate about is this idea of um, consistency. And it's such a simple notion, such a simple idea to hear the word consistent. And yet what we know is that most of the challenges that, that, that we face as human beings is the discipline around consistency. So talk from your perspective as a 26-year veteran how important that single word has been in your life relative to production and relative to how you run your day. So that, consistency for me is so, it is so important, Todd, only because... If I, I noticed that when I broke that, things started to fall apart. So, um, you know, I, I'm consistent on going out to, you know, in the morning, we, you know, looking at our pipeline, having pipeline reviews. Um, we have a large team, so we have certain members that we do pipeline reviews with every day because our pipelines are larger. Um, I have a great operations manager. He's, uh, you know, thank gosh that, you know, he's, he retired, and I kept calling him back and calling him back. He went to Hawaii, and, and I, would, I, I just kept bugging him and bugging him, and then I guess he got so bored he came back. So thank gosh <laughs> for that, you know? So that, you know, that helps a lot. I tell you that your team, you know, you have to be able to, to trust them. So um, it, with, being, with that being said, it's like I, I make sure that every day I have, I'm doing something that adds value to either my real estate community or to my LOs. So that's really super important. So um, social media I use a lot. I, uh, we, um, we make sure that like anytime my LOs post that I, 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 I do something for them. You know, I always put something for them. Uh, we, we do a lot of lunch and learns. We make sure that the LO is the one that's spotlighted on the lunch and learns, you know. My, sometimes the operations manager, myself, do it, but our LOs are always spotlighted. Um, I, you know, as a LO, I can't tell you how important it is to be out in front of your realtors, especially right now, because 
we, we just had a meeting with all our team and I said, you know, look around when you're out in the field because the realtors that you see today, if there probably will be a third of those gone, you know? And I think that kind of sank with them too. Like saying, you know what, we really be, we need to be on our game because if we're not, we're going to, there's a possibility that we won't make it, you know? And I'll be damned if we don't make it this time, guys. I'll be <laughs> damned. <laughs> we're gonna make it. So I, I think that's an interesting, uh, interesting play right there. So, you know, one of, the, one of the filters and one of the boxes you need to check every day is have I added value to my partners today? And if you have a leadership role in any capacity, whether you're leading one person or, you know, 30 or 40 people, you know, one of the great questions each and every day is who deserves my praise today and where can I add value today? And I think that, you know, we get back to opening night and I, I gave you two words on opening night that I wanted to theme throughout the week and those two words were knowledge and value. And uh, I tried to build a case, hopefully we have, that you can't add value without knowledge. And so one of the things I know, Tom, you do really well is you give your team knowledge. You, you, have, them, you have them aggregate and, and you work towards knowledge so that, that when they do go in the field, they can, they can add value. And, and now the question becomes, as you think about what Tom said, with one third, potentially one third of real estate agents being gone um, due to technology, due to lack of value, due to, we've got to really make sure you, whether you have a team or not as an individual LO, um, if you have a team and you're leading LOs, we got to get really uber efficient with who are they working with? Who are they talking to? Who are they actually trying to, to schedule meetings with? And our job as leaders is to make sure they're not setting up appointments with people that are on the edge of falling out or off. And you're doing that pretty well, I think. Right, Yeah. right, right, right. It's, uh, it's super important for us to... We even have a group me, like our, our office for our LOs, we have that group me app and then like anytime anybody has a victory or a question or a, or a challenge, we all know, we all know. Everybody on our team knows. We ask, you know, if somebody doesn't know something because it's amazing how there's so many products out there, so many products and we want to specialize in one or two, that's great, but you just have to know sometimes more than just one or two, right? So on our group me, we just ask, you know, and our operations manager's in there. So we, we just make sure that everybody's on the same page and we're adding value that way too, you know? That's awesome. So, so you made a decision 26 years ago and you still live by it, a day, by t by it today. And that decision, and it's still under the theme of consistency, that decision was one a day. Yes, one a day. One a day. One a day. So talk. Talk through that to everybody here in the mastery audience about the power of that decision a couple decades ago and how you live that out every day now as a producing leader. So the, the one a day for me is I, when I leave the house and you can ask my, my son or you know, my family, you know, it's like anytime I, I, uh, when I'm walking out the door, I always yell, I'm gonna get a loan <laughs> every day. I walk out the door. My neighbors look at me and say, yeah, we know you're going to get a loan, <laughs> you know? So, so that's me because I, I want to make sure I make that point and shout it out to the universe that I'm going to get that loan, you know? And, I, and we share that with our team too. It's like, you need to get a loan a day. You need to get a loan a day. So, I mean, that adds up to a lot of loans, you know? So, right? So... Um, when you put it out there, you know, it it's always seems to kind of work for me. So it, it's like I share that with everybody because you have to believe in this business, but not only believe in it because you can like it, you know, you can like this business, but to be really, like you say, uber successful, you got to love this business. You got to love this business, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love this business. Yeah. Yeah, I love this business. There's no nothing more that I can tell you that, that drives me every day that gets me up and wanting to just do that much more to help people get into their homes. Yeah. I really just love the fact that at the end of the transaction, somebody tells you, thank you very much for doing, for getting this for me, especially if they didn't, weren't able to get it somewhere else, you know, yeah. if they weren't able to get the home somewhere else. But either way, it doesn't matter. It's just such a gratifying, wonderful feeling that you're going to help somebody 
achieve the dream. Yeah. Their dream. So, um, and it means a lot, especially for me, because, you know, it's for, from a family that's very humble, that doesn't, didn't yeah. really have much growing up, that uh, we, you know, that we were able to do that. So I want to share that with everybody as much as we can. So li- li- listen to that just thought, you know, and, and run a little filter right now. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being pegged, red needle pegged, I love this business. You really got to look at where your needle is. I mean, you really, really have to take a deep moment of introspection while you're here and as you go back and, and ask, how pegged is my love needle on this business? And I think that, that it's interesting because what we know from the psychology of achievement is that when you love what you do, you do it better, you do it more efficiently, you do it with a deeper sense of purpose, you are able to resolve victories against challenges and failure. When you love the business, things that don't turn out are okay because they fuel a new way of doing something. And I don't think there would be a, think about this for a second, switch the shoes, trade places, be a borrower, sitting down with an LO who doesn't love his job. Be a borrower sitting down with an LO who doesn't love her job or isn't good enough at it so that they can manifest that love in the relationship. That's why the knowledge piece is so important. And so when you love something, you are good at it. You don't have to work hard at it. And people are attracted to that emotion. And so uh, uh, that dude is just, it's such a simple word. Yeah, I'm but a simple I, guy. I, I see, well, I know, but I see <laughs> so many LOs that I, I hear LOs say, I hate this business. And I'm going, if you hate this business, why are you showing up yeah. at a business you hate? You know, if you hate the business, you're either not good at it, Okay, or you have a different gift that doesn't align with what this industry presents. And you gotta get, you gotta get yeah, clear on true, it. that's true, man, that's true. That's true. I mean, you can be successful by liking the business. You can do well, I mean, you're, you'll be okay. But people, you're right, they sense that. They sense it. So when you love it, and they, they it's like they, they know yeah. and that you care, you yeah. genuinely care about them and you love what you do. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, 26 years, I mean, there's not every day's rainbows and unicorns, but you know, right? <laughs> so, but most of them have been. So I, uh, I'm really blessed for that part. Um, I, there's so, and I don't like to use the word I so much, it's we, the team that we have, and our culture, it's been so wonderful that like our team, for instance, on birthdays, they, we celebrate everyone's birthday in our office. Everyone. We don't do the once a month, once a month thing. And we sell, I mean, and it's just not just a little thing. We ask our, our, our folks, what do you, what's your favorite color? What are your, what's your favorite theme? What do you like? And the team, they, they all go out and do this. I, I don't do any of this. You know, I don't fund it. I don't do any of this. They all do it themselves because of the culture that we've developed because we love what we do. We love our people. We love what we do. When people come in our office, they see that, that, hey, this is different. This is a different kind of atmosphere. This is different. But I will tell you something, guys. Right now, I, being an LO, I really wouldn't be in the office. I really wouldn't. So when I had to give up my office, it was kind of a blessing. I'll tell you the truth. Because it keeps me out there. And I have a pulse on what's going on. And I see what's happening. And I'm able to share that with my LOs, you know, and I'm able to say, hey, look, you know, this office, this is happening, or this is happening over here, or, or we need to go over this area to see what we can do. You know, I'm like that. I, so, well, you're a 26-year veteran. How, much, how many hours a day do you spend in the field? Probably four hours, four, yeah, at least. I would say that's, a, that's at least, maybe five, yeah. I love being out in the field. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's fun. It's fun for me yeah. because I, you're able to, to talk and connect with people. And that's how I build our relationships for our team. You know, that's how I build it. because I, I hand them out. I'd say, Hey, look, this is, you know, I, Hey, I met this realtor. 
I said, what, why don't you go meet with them or we'll set up a meeting. Let's see what we can do so I can help them grow too. You know, that's what we're all about is help, help each other grow because then we'll all grow together. That's beautiful. Speaking of helping people grow, um, you have uh, your, your little crib boy, Thomas from 1992 is now three or four inches taller than you, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, we want to spend uh, about 20 minutes with you as a father and Thomas as a son uh, who's on your team. And uh, we've got some cool questions we want to ask uh, uh, a millennial that's cranking it in the business. Thank and then we're going to open it up to Q&A with you guys. So can I put you on the spot and have you introduce your son? Yes, of course you could. Jeez. All right. So 26 years ago, I was fortunate enough to have a boy, a son. I have a wonderful daughter too, but he, he, he was, he's always been a, a very humble, very good, very kind, and, uh, and, but he saw his dad grow in an industry that demanded a lot of time. So when people ask, hey, what did you think about this business? You know, what, um, would you ever, well, you know, it must be easy with your dad and stuff. And he says, I never wanted to be in this in industry. I never did because I saw how hard my father worked. But now that he's seen what we've done and what it's about, um, he's just rocking it. So I just want to introduce my son, Thomas Ramirez. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> oh man hi brother how are you Todd? Fine. good 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 my nephew mark's here too so. <laughs> that's wonderful okay so you ready yeah are you sure let's party okay so tell us when you got licensed and a little bit about your first commission check so i got i got licensed september 2015 I, prior to that, I was doing the admin work, sort of making sure everything looked good, all the T's were crossed, all the I's were dotted, right? Collecting VOEs, things like that. Got, got licensed. The whole test process was probably a nightmare because I know my dad said I was humble, but I walked into the test not really studying, just figuring, ah, I through osmosis, I should know pretty much all this <laughs> stuff by now, you know? But it's been in it for 20, or for, yeah, 20 years at that point. So... I took it, failed horrifically. I think I just got my name right, and even then, <laughs> you know. Um, went back, kept doing it, kept doing it. Uh, after like the fourth chance, I, I finally passed. So just keeping that persistence, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. But uh, getting licensed, we, we were at one company, and at that company we had a draw. And if you have a draw at your company, I think it's one of the best things for, for LOs, especially when they first start. Because you get lazy sometimes with that. Oh, I can just show up whenever I want. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll work today. I'll work, I won't work tomorrow sort of mentality. So I was hustling, hustling, hustling. The draw would, you know, I would get a little bit of money. And then I would, it's a negative thing. You yeah. know, I, I'd have to owe it. So we had moved to another company at the beginning of the year. And as soon as I got my first commissions check, when, when I closed at the old company, it was $100. <laughs> It was $100 because I had to owe back everything that the company had paid me prior. So I was like, wow, this is good money, guys. Like, 100 bucks. <laughs> right, 100 bucks. So, but, well, you know, after that, you kind of get on, you, you keep up the momentum. You keep rolling, keep going. And I just, now it's, it's, it's incredible, you know. So are, you're, you're coming into then your third full year. Full year, yeah. Full year. Mm hmm that I is, just passed it, I guess, yeah. That is awesome. So you had, um, and I, I think this is exciting to, to think about for some of the obvious reasons, but also from a um, kind of a leadership standpoint, as you guys think about millennials, you think about growing, you think about um, just achievement and whatnot. And um, you and I were talking on the phone with your dad, and you had this kind of major moment recently with, with NARAP. Yes. National Association Real, uh, of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. And, and tell us about this, because I, I think it's amazing. I think it's an amazing story. So NAREP is, is really big in our area. We, we really promote it. It's one of, the, um, one of the things we really believe in. You know? It's uh, sustainable home ownership for Latino families and, and minorities as well. They have a list of the top 250 loan officers and, and real estate agents. And 26, what, 2017 was... 16. 16? I can't remember. It was last year. So it's 2017. Oh. Right, yeah. So 
I wasn't focused on my numbers. I was just focused on going and getting business, you know, bring in whatever I could, close as much as I could, you know, service as best as I can, just keep going. I wasn't too worried about accomplishments or, or focusing on that. But every day, knowing that I had, I had to do my, my list of things, go out, meet realtors, go give, you know, 20 cards, just find people on accident, you know, just reintroduce myself to people. Keeping that consistency, at the end of the year when we looked at the numbers, I remember getting an email saying, oh, you've been enrolled, uh, you've been enrolled to NAR reps, top 250, to, you've been, what's the word I'm looking for? Honored? Uh, not honored yet. Um, your numbers have been introduced to, you know, to, the committee? to the committee. That's a great way to put it. We'll do this together. <laughs> we'll get it. Is everybody else here? <laughs> no one else is nervous? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've been, uh, your numbers have been introduced to the committee, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. And I saw that and I was like, oh, how embarrassing, you know? Like, they probably at our company do that for everybody just so that everybody has a fair shot. And I forgot about it. And then at the beginning of the year, they came out with the numbers and I was on the list, top 250 mortgage originators. And in America. In America, yeah. 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 And it, at that point, it, it, it turned away. I, I no longer saw units, you know? It, it wasn't units anymore, it was families. It was being able to, to reach out and make a difference to those people, you know? So, bye, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, now we don't, you know, in, on our team, it's not units that we've closed, it's, it's families that we've helped, you know? Because that's really what it is. It's what it's about at the end of the day. I predict greatness for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, um, one thing you said to us uh, on our call, and I'd like you just to uh, expand on this a little bit, you said your achievements have to be earned every day. Oh, yeah. And what did you mean by that? Your achievements have to be earned. As simple as, as just reminding yourself every day who you are and what you've done, you have to keep that momentum going. Um, it could be as simple as just having your morning routine nailed down and not... Uh, not diverting from it. It's those little things like, hey, you know, I got up out of bed when I, when I got up out of bed. You know, I was able to make my room. I was able to get out, out of the house by 7.30 in the office early. It's keeping that consistency. Uh, the achievements that we have, we have to remember those too. And it could be as simple as I got my loan every day this week or you know, I was able to open up a new account. Those small things kind of keep us pushing, especially in harder times like we're facing today. Yeah. As long as we're able to keep that forward momentum, we just, there's no way you can stop us. My dad has a great story. I don't mean to. No, go. My dad has a great story on the difference between cows and buffaloes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if you, you guys. You want to tell it? Ah, I guess I could. Or tell me what. You want to tell it, Tom? Or? Oh, it's, you tell it, but it's. I'll tell it. You just pick it up when I butcher it. <laughs> <laughs> so the difference between cows and buffaloes, when cows see a storm, they start diverting away from it when they see like a blizzard coming, right? With buffaloes, they start going through, they go towards the storm. Cows end up not being able to make it out of the way by the time the storm comes in and end up dying on the spot, getting frozen to death. With buffaloes, they know that they keep going through that storm, they keep firing through, they're gonna make it out of there okay, and that's what we just have to do. We just gotta keep going through that storm. Cows and buffaloes, wow. That is a takeaway right there. That's a takeaway. We got somebody's got to tweet that right now. <laughs> Cow, cows and buffaloes. Sales mastery. Hashtag sales mastery 2018. Um, I, I didn't. I, I don't want to lose. Where is that with you? Da, 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 da. Oh, so so Thomas Jr. brings up this idea of what does your achievement journal look like? And I want you to be thinking right now, I think it's so easy for human beings to oftentimes focus on what's not working. You know, it's, it's, and there's nothing wrong with focusing on what's not working if the eye and the optimism around improvement is, is oriented that way. But there's everything wrong with thinking about what's not working when it takes you down. And so this idea of achievement and to celebrate, and I would just like you guys to, to take a look at what does is, what is my daily achievement log look like? What are my little victories? What are my big victories? What are the things that, 
I can focus on each and every day that bring my spirit alive, that encourage my, you know, my confidence and competence in the business that um, take what would normally be a risk because I don't have this achievement mindset and turn it into an opportunity for reward because I have this achievement mindset. And um, what we know is, 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 is business gets better when you think differently. And that's what you're talking about, these achievements, these little things, right? It's like this acknowledgement constancy that you give yourself. Especially when we're beat up a lot of the times too. Yeah. You know, the borrower could get fired and it's our fault because you know, we, we didn't know, we couldn't predict that, you know? <laughs> so, or, you know, appraisal issues, things like that. Just keeping ourselves, you know, hey, well, yeah. that's something out of our control, but I was able to do this outside of that or you know, it's just the simple things. That's awesome. Okay, so I, I kind of believe that we might need to have a new, uh, new award. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure of it yet, but uh, reportedly, you have done only one refinance oh, yeah. in your entire career. Yeah, yeah. And it was <laughs> and, the worst. And it was <laughs> the worst. Everybody talks about like, oh, they're cherries. They're like the cherry on top. No, you can have them. <laughs> oh my God, they're the worst. So how did you develop such a focus around the purchase business? And uh, what would you say to everybody? Yeah, uh, everybody talks about refi as kind of being cherries, maybe the low-hanging fruit, I guess. But for me, I, I like... I, I have changed my mentality a little bit. Well, anyways, so I like getting out there and meeting with clients, especially first-time home buyers, because we offer so many different programs in the traditional banks or... or or other loan officers that might not be willing to do. So when we get in front of somebody and we're like, hey, you can save so much more money, you know, you can leverage the bank's money instead of yours, you inspire a lot more hope for them. You know, it's, oh, I don't need the down payment and the closing costs. No, we can structure it a different way. So there you see, you just see life come back into some people's eyes, especially when they thought, oh, I was denied here, I was denied there, and we give them that second, you know, just that second, uh, revival, then they have so much more inspiration to go and find their home, especially after being told no so many times. Mm. Purchases, you, you have that opportunity so much more. Refis are great. Don't get me wrong. You know, you can restructure someone's life, if, especially if they owe too much. You can do a cash out and reorganize their finances. For me, though, it's just never been that. Yeah. I, I, and I didn't want to, a, a, a part two is I didn't want to rest on, you know, my dad's laurels or, or still ride on his coattails. Just, oh, just feed me your old, your old clients, your, your, past, uh, your past closings. I didn't want that. I didn't want, I guess that was just my own. You wanted your own success. Yeah, my you own wanted success. To, uh, to be in be charge here. of your own ship. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so doing that has been able to just really focus in on, on being a little bit bigger and having yeah. my, my brand a little bit bigger in the community that we service because they know if somebody needs to purchase, we're the, we're the team to help. That, that Something tells help. me that's going to work out for you. <laughs> so you mentioned on our call that you have your three keys to success. Yes. What are they? Enjoy it, do it, and improve it. You got to enjoy what you do. And uh, both Todd and my pops mentioned that right before I got on. A little appetizer for you guys. <laughs> the idea is you got to go, it, and like they said, you don't have to love what you do every day. Some days are tough. It's not unicorns and rainbows, right? But you got to enjoy it. I wanted to do stand-up comedy before I did this, you know? <laughs> I did, I know, and I looked a lot goofier before. <laughs> I was like 100 pounds heavier. It was nuts. But... I didn't have, I don't know, maybe it wasn't the drive or, or whatever the case was, but here I get to do that every day. I get to sit in front of clients, I get to sit in front of families or realtors, make fun of myself, kind of break the tension with them, especially purchasing their first property, and, and just break that ice. You know, I get, I get to do that part. I get to be a financial advisor. I get to, to be a historian and tell people how we got to, you know, how, how we got through the crash, how that all happened, and why you shouldn't worry about it today. You get to put on so many hats that it's, it's, it's what makes it worth it you know, at the end of the day. So you got to enjoy that. You got to do it. That's obvious. But sometimes we don't. We don't follow up. You know, if we're not following up, 
then we don't, uh, we don't keep our consistency. There's so many aspects of our job that we have to do that sometimes we just, oh, we, we'll do it tomorrow. You know, I'm at this event, I'll call them tomorrow, they'll understand. Some people don't, and that's okay, but you gotta know how they communicate and you gotta go do it. You know, if that means you gotta meet 25 new people, go meet 25 new people, go to a grocery store. You know, that's endless business coming in and out, you know? Um, and the last thing is improvement. Always be looking at coaching. YouTube's a great resource. Um, there, there's a bunch of, be it motivational for yourself, be it coaching for your business, be health and fitness stuff. Just go and improve yourself. Just spend an hour a day finding something that it's going to make you better tomorrow. So that, you know, we started opening night by saying, you know, one of the goals that I had for the week is uh, to, to give you insight on how to become your best version of you. And so one of the questions that you need to answer before you get back into the fray is, how am I doing that every day? And this idea of deciding where you need improvement, deciding that you have unlimited access to the tools and the ideas and the wisdom will help you do that to, to get just a little bit better every day. When you think about some of the, the observations of like a 1% improvement a day, just think about that for a second, that in whatever area of your life, you can choose to get 1% better a day and do that for a year. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you didn't lose 100 pounds because you went to sleep on a Friday and woke up on a Monday 100 so pounds lighter, easier. right? <laughs> yeah. It was like you had to do something every single every day, day consistently to, to get in the best shape that you yeah. could be in to be your best version of you. And we have wide open content. Uh, to help us in any area of our life that we, that we need help in. And uh, I just, uh, I love that idea, improve it, improve it. The other thing I'd like you to do is understand the power of doing it. Um, the longer you wait to do what you know you need to do, the more important usually what you need to do becomes. And uh, Abraham Lincoln said that procrastination is a fertilizer that makes every difficulty worse. And so whatever you're putting off, it is not serving you well to become your best version of you. So how do you attack the do it list? Accountability, yeah. that's a huge one. Yeah. Uh, we have a group text in, uh, on our you know, few realtors that I work with that every morning we're checking in with each other. And if you don't check in you know, by a certain time, you owe 20 bucks. Cause after a while, we had to up it up because a cup of coffee wasn't that bad. Yeah. You, know, I, you know, I hate coffee, but they just, yeah, that's their, that's their thing. But accountability is huge. Um, making sure you're accountable to yourself, although we cheat ourselves a lot. Yeah. You know, but, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, or uh, it's something I can deal with later, or it's too late. At a certain point, you need other people to start lighting that fire for you. Yeah. And that's a big, big thing is making sure you have a group that's willing to tell you, hey, you're not keeping up to what you said you're going to keep up to. Right. You know? And at a certain point, what are you keeping up to if you can't even do it for your team or, or for that group of, uh, of partners? Yeah. So you kind of have to do that. So we've got a few minutes for questions, but uh, my last question for you is if you had a do-over, oh, yeah. uh, 36 months in the business, licensed, uh, if you had one thing you would do over differently, uniquely because of a lesson you've learned, as a, how old are you? 26. 26 years old. Wow. Who, who wants a Thomas Ramirez Jr. on their team? <laughs> uh, he's taken and he's not leaving. I can tell you that right now. What would be your do-over? What would you do differently as a brand new kind of LO? Brand new? I would get out of my head a lot earlier. Uh, especially, uh, especially early on, I had that, oh, I would hear it, and I, no one was saying it, but I was hearing it in my own head. Oh, he's only successful because of his father. You know, oh, he has that business because he has these accounts because of his father. My dad definitely opened the door, just like every branch of managers open the door for their LOs. But it doesn't leave the door open. You know, I have to do that. I have to be in there every day, making sure that everybody's taken care of, addressed, and, and, and serviced, yeah. you know, it's, it's really that. If I would have gotten out of my head earlier, I could have done so much more today and, and in those initial months. But getting out of your own head and, and thinking, even if this is a business you're brand new, oh, I'm new, you know, the market's turning, what did I get myself into? 
Don't worry about that. Just go and work. There's plenty of business out there for everybody. And even with a changing market, there's ways to disrupt it and find the, those customers willing to yeah. buy. Your, your head oftentimes is a dangerous place to be. Okay. And um, we, did, we did something four years ago. If you were at Master, you might remember we had a picture of uh, Coca-Cola, and it was uh, uh, kind of a, you know, picture, a picture that a dozen roses would come in. So it was about this big and about this big around. And it was dark. And we were talking about positivity, and we started pouring clear water into that dark, negative kind of hole, which was the metaphor for our brain. And all we had to do was just keep pouring bright, clear water as a metaphor for positivity into the dark Coca-Cola, which was a metaphor for darkness. And within about four or five pitchers of water, the darkness was gone, and the pitcher was clear water. And that very much is this idea of how do you get out of your own head. Yeah. And the best way for you to get out of your own head is to put so much into your head that is positive that it pushes out everything that is negative. And yeah. so if you don't have a positivity routine every single morning that lights you up, if you don't have some kind of short 10, 15, 20-minute regimen where you are putting positivity into your head to push out any negative thought. And we all have them. We all have those moments of negativity, some more than others. But I will tell you right now, that is the elixir. Yeah. And part of why we do Todd Duncan TV is to give you that dose of stuff that you can you know, feed that brain. And whether it's a sentence in a book or a devotional out of a journal or the Bible or a reading or this or that, it does, I mean, what, you put positive in, the negative goes out. You stop putting positive in, the negative creeps back in. That would be a daily discipline. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that amazing? Are you kidding me? What parent, dad or mom, would not want their son or daughter or both or all <laughs> to have that kind of impact together? You know, think about legacy. Think about the impact you have on your kids. I've got two boys. I think about it each and every day. I am super grateful to Tom Ramirez. And Tom, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving back to this industry and for being a pillar of light and for being part of this episode, Father, Son, and Company. I also want to thank your son, Thomas. Thomas Jr., way to go, man. You are dynamic. Looking forward to you guys succeeding in a big way. Thanks, everybody, for watching Todd Duncan TV. Forward this to anybody that you know that has somebody in their life that's a son or a daughter, that they can make an impact in that person's life like Tom did in Thomas's life. Thank you for listening to the High Trust Today podcast. If you want to make this year your best year ever and double, triple, or even quadruple your volume and performance, then I want you to click the link for your ticket to Sales Mastery in the show notes to find out how you can make more money in less time with less stress. 